Hey, parents. Welcome to another edition of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. I'm Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, welcome to the Wonder of Parenting podcast, as always. Thank you, Tim. Great to be here. We uh, love to take listeners' questions, and that has really been the bulk of our show uh, for the last several months and will continue uh, to be so. And if you have a question for us, you can submit that on wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. You'll also find a link to our good sponsors, uh, the Center, a place of hope up in the Seattle area, who do really good work for people who are struggling, particularly with some of those emotional issues that can challenge us in life. And if you ever need a good resource, please check them out. Their link is on our website, wonderofparenting.com. And uh, today we've got another really good question. And uh, even though it's it's geared specifically to boys, I think it's going to speak to um, parents who are raising sons or daughters. And uh, so she starts out with this. For years as a licensed professional counselor, I have recommended Gurian's book, The Good Son, to nearly every parent of sons that I have worked with. I call it the Bible on boys. Boy, that's a nice compliment. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so just to take a moment, talk a little bit about The Good Son. You, you wrote that how long ago and what was sort of the premise? Yeah, well, I'm honored that she uh, she's doing that. I, I'm going to beg her if she's listening to switch to Saving Our Sons uh, just because it's newer. Because The Good Son was written, I wrote it t- between 21 and 22 years ago, and it came out in 99. So it came out 20 years ago. The thing that makes it different is that it is set up, the whole book is set up in age groups. So birth to two, two to four, four to six, six to eight, um, you know, every two year period. And then each chapter deals with that period and what's developmentally appropriate and strategies for that, the child in that, the boy in that period of time. Um, so that is unique about it. And I, and I can see why she re- recommends it. Just maybe also do Saving Our Sons because it's got all the stuff on porn and digital. It's got all the new stuff, you know. <laughs> well, it, it sounds to me, Michael, like that book needs a revise. Well, yes, I know. I've got a, you're right. You're right. Okay, you're always right. Yeah. And I, I've, I've said this on the podcast before. When Michael and I first uh, started our friendship uh, almost 15 years ago now, he told me he was done writing books, and I think he's put out about 16 since that time. So <laughs> I know. Him busy. I have trouble. I have trouble yeah. giving up on words. <laughs> so here's here's her question. She says, "Now I, as I continually run into parents wondering what to do about young and adolescent boys and pornography." I'm wondering what Michael Green offers in this area. So we're going to talk today okay. uh, about pornography. Uh, the filters, boys, that's the question, but I'm sure we're going to find that uh, our girls can struggle with this as well. So let's just start. Why don't you give us what you, how you would define pornography? Okay, well, that, that's the hardest question you're going to ask me today. Yep. Um, everything else is going to be easier because pornography is so... Um, Difficult to define. What what I'm going to do is just say, look, it's going to be visual. Now it's on the internet. It's probably movies. Um, uh, can be pictures sent via nude photos sent via uh, of children sent via the phone. That can be pornography. That can be child porn. We're going to need to talk about that. Uh, so we warn parents about laws around that. Um, uh, generally, it's going to be YouTube videos or dark web videos of people having sex, and it's going to be relatively graphic. Uh, so for it to be pornography as opposed to erotica, you know, you can have erotica, which is sort of like the statue of David, right? I mean, which is more artistic, but among kids, it's generally going to be more of this, which is it's trying to stimulate sexually. That's it's that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to stimulate people sexually. 
uh, with using visual images. So for you and for me, uh, growing up, pornography would have been Playboy um, or Penthouse, which uh, you know was sort of uh, a step up, I guess, um, from Playboy. Um, and now it's all available online. So do you see, besides the fact that it's so accessible online, is there a difference between the pornography that we tended to, to get our hands on uh, versus what boys and girls are having access to today? Well, absolutely. What we, if we go back to, you know, looking at a Playboy centerfold when I'm 13 years old. Uh, that, by the way, I only read the articles. And you only read the articles, yes. Yeah. yeah I know. We all only read the articles. Um, uh, so that's more in the realm of erotica. You know, it's it's I, I, it, certainly we remember, we want to remember that a lot of pornography is used for masturbation, right? And so for teen boys, you know, you you're going to use it to masturbate, and you see a, um, and that's all very normal, right? I mean, we all know masturbation is quite normal. Um, so I see that image, and oh well, that's very beautiful. And then I'm 13, I'm 14, and I'm masturbating, and and uh, it's not rewiring my brain. Um, Right, it's, and that's what's different. Is it's it's a nice image. It stimulates me. Then it's done, and it's hard to come by for me when I'm 13, 14. I'm hiding it under the mattress. Right, it's hard to come by, um, and and it's, so it stimulates me a few times, and and it's very nice, but it's not rewiring me. And so the worry now is that porn is rewiring our kids' brains, and um, and that and it is, and that's the problem. Uh, with it. It's just there's too much of it and and it's too much in our, in our kids' heads and it's invading their natural sexual development. So should we talk about that? Because that's going to yeah. take a little bit of time. <laughs> yes. So yes. So I, I'm going to ask you two questions and, okay. and if you forget them, I'll, I'll remember them. There There is something about pornography, I think, that stimulates dopamine centers or whatever that might be the pleasure centers right yep um and so it uh it, i've often said and and this will age both of us because i don't know if they still use this but pornography is like eating a lace potato chip no one can eat just one and uh right. you know it's it's sort of that you know i see that 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 image that uh beautiful woman and then i want to see another one that's stimulating the pleasure zone perhaps what's the difference between that and the rewiring of the brain yeah, the the the, it, the rewiring can happen happen because of the dopamine because it's just so constant, and so the brain gets rewired toward needing it, right? So porn addiction, it's it, and that that comes along the dopamine center. So so I need it. Oh, now I'm up to masturbating three times a day, you know, and I'm fourteen. Um, that's uh, in a year you might have a day or two like that in normal development for a boy um uh or once a month or twice a month but that's not what's happening now now he's needing to do it two or three times a day he's so addicted and that's that's when it becomes porn addiction and now the brain is rewired along with because uh, remember the addiction genetics utilize chromosome markers that that um uh, motivate dopamine centers so so the Addiction genetics are using dopamine. The porn is using dopamine. It's a double hit for the brain. So if you have addiction in your family, it's another good reason, uh, since this is chromosomal and passes on to kids, um, it's another good reason to protect these kids from too much porn uh, because they may not become alcoholics like you did. 
uh, not you, Tim, but a parent did, may not become substance abusers like an uncle did who had those genes, um, but your child could become a porn addict, just like your child could become a video game addict. So all of it's using the dopamine, yes. And what was the second question? Well, well, so so how does it rewire the brain then? Oh, the brain gets set up to need it. And so the, uh, I get the, uh, well, we should say, I wanna back up and say, remember that a child discovering some porn, looking at it and masturbating, you know, that's really not abnormal. We don't want to completely overreact to this. We don't want to be, oh, you looked at this this one um, two-minute porn video. There's something wrong with you. I want to lay that out there, that it is normal in male development to seek out these visual images. Um, uh, that is normal. It's that we want to protect them from that happening a lot. And that's why we want to have parental controls, right, over their computers, pads. We don't want to give them smartphones until they're 13, 14. Uh, we just want to protect them and protect the brain because if if the brain is able to see those images a number of times per day, it's so stimulating. There's nothing else like it for triggering dopamine or very few things like it that that boy uh, will experience at 14 that will trigger as much dopamine. And dopamine is a feel-good chemical. So he's going to, of course, go toward the porn. He's going to not do his homework as much. He's not going to go seek out other relationships. He may not even decide to seek out a relationship, you know, with to find a girlfriend or or whomever, because he's getting it through porn. And 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 it the brain rewires toward that kind of imagery for its heavy dopamine flow. And um, and that's the primary thing that happens. And the male brain is, is susceptible to this because um, our visual cortex and the midbrain where sex is happening, they are connected uh, much more than they are in the female brain. So those pathways develop relatively quickly for males. Um, and so we do seek out visual images. And, and all through life when guys, and I believe we've talked about this on a previous podcast, when later in life, when guys are having issues and they're trying you know, trying to hold erections and so on, it's not unusual for them to go to the visual center to go find some porn because it stimulates them visually so that it can help them to perform uh, because that hypothalamic pituitary gonadal access in males, uh, which is where sex happens, that is connected to the visual cortex so much more in male brain than female brain. So, um, so then what happens is the dopamine is flowing because we get the visual stimulation and so much of our pathway, our pathway use is that, and our brain isn't doing other social emotional things. I'm 15, but I'm not even playing sports anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's where the porn, uh, that's the first area where the porn is dangerous and overuse of it is dangerous. The second area is going to be in in the legal issues, but that's maybe another issue. Yeah, so we'll we'll come back to that one because I think that will speak to our our daughters as well. Yeah. Uh, is is there a correlation between the over sexualized images of females on video games and uh, pornography for boys? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. 
Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Yeah, I've been asked that, and I don't know of a study that says, well, boys who who are playing videos, video games are also looking at porn because of those images of those women, because you're right, in video games, there's a lot of buxom women that wear, you know, very little clothing. Um, so I haven't seen anything that that uh, causally connects them. But it, there does seem to be a correlation. And and boys are being constantly, boys and girls are constantly being hit with these sexualized images, uh, especially of the female body. Now, a lot more the male body, too, but still more that that certain type of female body. And so I would not be surprised if there's some connection, but I don't think we've seen a causal connection proven. And when when boys or males um, start moving deeper and deeper into pornography and, and seeing more of it, do they tend to go more graphic as time goes on? Uh, do they want to see, uh, you know, different things happening, so on and so forth? Or can they sort of just pause say with be happy with for us would have been playboy or just pictures or movies or does this addiction keep taking them into darker and darker places well if they're if they're addicts yeah i mean i think they're gonna be exploring and keep pushing the boundaries uh they're gonna want variety um uh and until they fetishize until they go okay i found the fetish that i like Okay. that best stimulates me and then they're going to probably go down that path a lot they'll still want some variety but then they'll they'll go that that's what i want and uh it could be skin color it could be a rape fantasy you know i mean everything's out there so so they it's not unlikely that they're going to focus on the fetish or the area that that stimulates them but they'll also want variety um i think you're going to see a both and yeah so what are some of the the signs that parents should be looking for that might indicate a pornography problem for their boys? Um, uh, some of the same signs that you're going to look at when you're worried about other mental health issues like depression, let's say, they are going to be isolating themselves from, from you, the parents, and or from others. Um, they won't have the friendships they used to have. They pulled away from those or many of those. They won't be able to re really relate with their parents like they used to be able to. Um, so, and this is the same thing if they become depressed and if they become addicts, you know, there are some of the same signs. So isolation um, is, is a key. They also, you may also find that, um, like if you allow them to lock their doors, they're locking their doors, but they didn't previously lock their doors. You know, that's a good sign. And I don't, we never allowed our kids to lock their doors. Uh, we said, as you know, we're gonna treat you, we trust you, but you're not locking your door. Um, 
And so I just think that's a good rule. We also never walked in on them. We just, that was our rule in our house, no door locking. Uh, but, but if you allow that, they're going to be locking their doors or finding ways to have that privacy and, uh, and, and a lot of it. So look for the isolation and the signs of depression um, and also look for any of the signs of addiction. And if you see, if you see those signs, try to figure out what's going on, uh, get access to all their devices and all their browser history. Um, uh, if they, if they're only going to someone else's house to do it, uh, then we need to talk to those other parents because what will often happen is I, as the parent will discover something, I'll ground the kid you know, he can't do anything here, but then he'll go elsewhere and find it. Yeah. So then we got to go talk to those other people and say, hey, I've got a porn actor. I've got one. I have problems with porn and he's probably getting your kid into it. So let's look at their browser history. Got to get in there and look. And we want to remind parents that all of these devices are owned by you, the parents. And um, I mean, obviously, if the guy is 18 or older or, you know, whatever is the age of adulthood, OK, no longer. But still, if he's living in your house and you have a worry I would still be invasive there, but when he's not an adult yet, absolutely all of it's yours. And you have to be able to get in there and see what is going on. If you have any fear at all. Do girls have a different uh, relationship, so to speak, with pornography than boys do? Do they consume a different kind of pornography? Uh, what does pornography mean when it comes to girls? Well, pornography... You know, they'd be more in the erotica area or romance area, but uh, girls are doing are looking at porn now. And a lot of the times they're brought into it by males, um, by teen males. And uh, sometimes they just know it's something the teen guy likes. So they go look at porn together uh, if they're dating. Um, so females are doing porn, but I don't think we'll ever get to a place where they're going to do as much hard porn as guys are, because some of it is so violent and some of it is so violent to females um, uh, that, you know, most females are going to go, I, that's not for me. Um, and we want to remember about porn. It is pretty misogynistic. It is, it is, there's all sorts of different kinds of porn, but a lot of it is males hurting females or confining females, uh, shackling females, you know, raping females. Um, a lot of it is, not all, but a lot of it is. So that kind of stuff's not going to be as much interest to girls. And girls do tend, just brain-wise, girls, girls get, they obviously get dopamine and oxytocin from sex. Um, uh, those old stereotypes of guys want sex, girls don't. That, that's not really true. Everyone can want sex. But when they're looking at something visual, um, they're more likely to read something romantic or try to see a movie that has romance in it that has longer-term relationship. Uh, because that is what inspires their oxytocin and dopamine. They are not getting as many hits off the visual cortex as the boys are. So I don't think we'll ever see like a 16-year-old, you know, a thousand 16-year-old girls who are looking at as much porn as a thousand 16-year-old boys. Um, it's going to be more romance for the girls and, and more toward erotica and less violent. Now, you, you mentioned legal issues, and I know one of the issues that is increasingly concerning to parents are the... Uh selfies that uh, kids are exchanging with each other uh, in, in various states of dress or undress, for example. Uh, and uh, there, are, there are laws about that. There are some really serious consequences to things like that. So let's talk about the legal issues of pornography in our children. Yeah, and I've learned some of this from your daughter, Alicia Wright, who is a lawyer and who 
who works in the area of sex trafficking and she she does our um at the helping boys thrive she speaks and does yep. um a session on this and so alicia wright is a great great resource um the the if you if um my daughter let's say sends your son a uh a, a nude selfie and it gets into his phone right into his system and it's discovered there even if he didn't ask for it uh what alicia has told us um is that that it is going to be child porn it's in his phone he can get arrested prosecuted and put into the system as a sex offender so you know that's how careful we have to be so if you're um child if, if anyone listening if your child is doing this they've, if they've got access to a smartphone it's possible they're sending you know and they're of age it's possible they're sending nudes or or even partial nudes which should still be child porn they are children so it's still child porn so we got to talk to them about it and it's another reason that if you have any fears you need to be able to access what they've got and help them get rid of the bad stuff uh, because once they open it according to alicia that's it you know so let's get rid of it. And she, in her workshop, says to people, to parents, says, just teach your kids. If they got something that they think is that, to delete it and not even open it so that later the cops can't come back and find it opened in your system. Um, so the big worry is child, it's child porn and then getting on the sex offender list. Right, right. And for girls, you know, there is a double standard out there. I mean, girls are kind of getting away with more than boys are. Um, but I just think, Girls have to be taught the very same things. You, you, it it's, does not serve you in any way to be sending this stuff through the internet to a boy. It can only harm you. And we got to drill that into them starting very young, um, certainly when they get access to a smartphone, very young, saying, hey, you're going to have urges, right? You're a teen. You're going to have these urges. Um, but it's a bad idea. Here are the horror stories. I'm going to send you to these websites. You can read the horror stories of someone who was put on the sex offender list. You know, we got to kind of scare them straight so they don't do that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, part of what they need to understand is once that picture's out there, it's always out there somewhere. Uh, so even if something is sent to me and I delete it off of my phone, it's out there in the, the cloud or whatever it might be. Uh, and, uh, and and when you start sharing those pictures with other people, you get yourself into trouble. So it, it really it's a, it's such a different world than you and I grew up with, um, and grew up right. in that um, we're we're trying to navigate all of these really serious issues with kids who quite honestly are you know they're they're trying to grow up in this world, and they're going to make the sometimes the boneheaded decisions that we all make when we're growing up but the consequences in the 21st century uh can be far deeper and more serious than they were say back when we were kids in the 60s and 70s yeah yeah i that's what both the minds of girls and the um uh saving our sons i i have really thick chapters and research on this to give parents resources so that they can understand what happens to the brain they can understand that now is different than 30 years ago for sure which i think everyone knows um at some level but that they can get deep into it and set up good rules in their household to at least have a foundation and then when their child does as you say does something boneheaded um which may well happen they're they're marshaling forces immediately and and you know grounding this kid using whatever is their discipline system to 
keep this kid away from revisiting this, from creating a pattern where this now happens a second time, then a third time. Um, you know, maybe it happens the first time, but if it happens a second time, shame on us, right? We have right. to we have to be really strong parents, not friends, but really strong parents to our kids, um, because this stuff has such serious consequences and there's really no gain again i just we got to reiterate to our kids you just don't gain anything mm -mm. <laughs> you know it's just an impulse you got drunk and you took a picture of yourself uh nude and you sent it uh, no gain really and pretty much heavy loss right right so so two or three things off the top of your head that parents can do uh to help their kids navigate this new world one educate them on all of this that we've been saying Educate them on the brain, what happens in their brains, why it is dangerous to their brains, um, all of that. I did all of that with my daughters as they were growing up. It's, they find the science fascinating. Kids find it fascinating. So educate them on that. Um, and uh, other side to that same coin is educate them on consequences of of the all of what we just said of what can happen to you sex offender lists the whole thing show them the law you know this this should become a topic of conversation when they're like 13 14 a lot not just once but a lot and it should be the the second third fourth fifth sex talk you know after the birds and the bees this needs to be coming 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 um second major thing is to have access uh to have access to all your kids devices to tell them you trust them uh, to raise them that way, but also to say, you know, I have to protect you. And so um, I am going to spot check uh, if I have any fear that anything is going on. And um, the third thing I'm going to add that may be new to what we talked about here is, especially if males are involved, one of the ways you know your son has become uh, porn addicted is if he gets to, and, and dangerously so, where it's going to affect his relationships later in life, is if he he gets to the point where he himself can't really masturbate without porn. In other words, he can't get sexually romantic simulated without porn. Um, uh, if it gets to that point, boy, you know, get into therapy, get into counseling, get help right away, because that means the biology is moving. It is, it is shifted or has shifted. And we're going to have to treat this as addiction. And we're going to have to do with it what we do with anyone who's an addict. And it's going to be, severe and painful but it's that's has probably become a sex addiction yeah and I'm, I'm guessing every parent is sitting out there and they're asking the question how in the world do i find that out about my son well i think you're going to get into their history and you're going to notice patterns got it you're you're going to notice okay in the morning huh you know yep. looked at porn at this time in the afternoon after school looked at porn this time yep. late at night looked at porn this time and you can pretty much imagine that's you know, three times masturbating a day, needed the porn to masturbate, that's probably bad. Yeah, and and probably the, the browser's also going to tell you, the history will tell you that it's going deeper and deeper into uh, probably more vile graphic stuff as well. Yep. Um, and and uh, I, I'm guessing that all of this, it, you want to surround with good values around sex, sexuality, sexual relationships. Yeah, we as parents, it more now more than ever, and you've talked about it in previous podcasts about how sexualized the culture is, uh, and it is. And so m more than ever, we have to have these conversations. And I, I will end by referring people to a book I wrote called The Stone Boys, which helps, um, you can get it anywhere, The Stone Boys by Michael Gurian. And it's about teen boys who were sexually abused. And um, one of them, Actually, we cut it out so we could do this as a young adult novel so teens could read it and parents could talk to boys about it. 
but one of them um, uses porn a lot in the original draft. And he is the sex addict. He is the porn addict. Uh, so the Stone Boys kind of gives you two boys wrestling with se their sexuality um, and uh, so that it can help people have conversations because we need any assets we can get as adults. And of course, as guys get to be you know, 12, 13, 14, we got to get more men in there um, talking to them about this. Right. So again, uh, the, the two books that we want to really recommend for you on this is uh, Saving Our Sons by Michael Gurian and The Minds of Girls by Michael Gurian, uh, which has uh, chapters in both of those books on these topics and uh, on screen time, uh, more generally speaking. So uh, this, is, this is a new reality. It's the new normal uh, for parenting and grandparenting. Uh, and just to understand it and how it works and uh, to be ahead of the curve. And uh, because what we want to do is we want to raise our kids to be normal, healthy, uh, good males, good females, have good, healthy relationships. And pornography does not necessarily create those good, healthy relationships all the time. No, it doesn't. We got to really watch for that. If you have a question for us, you can go to wonderofparenting.com and submit your question. We will get to it as soon as we can. We do have a big queue of questions and uh, always really good questions, as this one was today. Uh, also, you can uh, go to Wonder of Parenting on our Facebook page. And uh, our Facebook page has parents interacting with each other about some of these questions. And sometimes we can get to the, the questions faster on Facebook, at least with uh, uh, the, the shared community, than, than Michael and I can in our podcast. So that's a great way as well to uh, keep in touch with parenting and the wonder of parenting. So, Michael, thank you for this. This is good stuff as always. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with you again next time for another podcast, The Wonder of Parenting. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.